Hey everyone, I'm Dan Wu and welcome to The Reorg. Every other week, I'll bring on a guest and discuss everything from organizational structure to leadership to building community and culture. I believe that a business is only as good as the people behind it. You can find more episodes and subscribe to our bi-weekly newsletter at reorgpod.com. My guest today is Lance Lee, CEO and co-founder of Aerospec Technologies. Lance is an amazing founder and operator, and in our conversation, you'll get an intimate look into the highs and lows of entrepreneurship. Lance talks about fundraising's role in entrepreneurship and why and how you can turn employees into business owners and decision makers. My entrepreneurial-minded listeners are going to like this one. I'm Dan Wu, and welcome to The Reorg. Hey everyone, welcome to The Reorg. I'd like to introduce my guest, Lance Lee. Lance is the founder and CEO of Aerospec, a company that provides turnkey solutions for solar asset management using the latest drone technology and artificial intelligence. Lance went to undergrad at the University of Texas. He holds an MBA from Northwestern and a master's degree in energy policy from Harvard. He's also a part-time realtor. And outside of that, I know Lance is an avid traveler when traveling is permitted and a basketball fan. Lance, I found that you were an intramural basketball champ while at the University of Texas, so that's not something I can claim to have done myself. So welcome to the podcast, Lance. Thanks, Dan. Glad to be here. I would love to start just learning a little bit more about your background. What was everything that led to the founding story for Aerospec? I think my growth story may be a little atypical compared to uh, a lot because I traveled a lot as a kid. Um, I was born and raised in a rural town in China and my parents, they had to leave town to a very far land. I think the one of the no- most northern part of China, uh, about an hour away from Russia to do business. Um, and my dad was in constructions. So at a very young age, we were really just traveling back and forth. Not until when I was in high school in Houston, when I actually had the opportunity to spend my entire studying years in one school. Before then, I was just switching back and forth. So I think that really got me acclimated to a lot of changes. And both my parents being small business owners, entrepreneurs, let me see from firsthand how how it works when it when you have to make something happen one of my, my most memorable moments when i was a kid was my dad came, uh, had a construction project where he had to build a factory from ground up so it was just literally uh, flat land and after maybe a year and a half i was in the i was in the that land with him the whole time i was like six or seven I remember seeing that thing going up and I thought that was pretty cool seeing like stuff you build. It's like building Legos, but in real life. And also, unfortunately, I had the, I had an accident where I was wearing sandals and walking around the construction site. They weren't really strict back then, unfortunately. And I had a really long nail, I think three inches, three inches long. I stepped on it and then went through my foot. My father had to take it out when I got it. I, I didn't cry though, so that's pretty good then. So yeah. my growth story really painted a vivid picture of what does it take? How does it feel to be an entrepreneur? And that has mm-hmm. really stuck with me throughout. And that kind of led me to my first real full-time venture at, at Aerospec. 
I think entrepreneurship and being a founder is all about being scrappy and enduring the tough times. And I wanted to talk a little bit about fundraising. I know in 2018, Aerospec, you guys have had some great success winning a bunch of pitch competitions. There was the 2018 Clean Energy Trust competition that you got first place in. And there's so many more across the country and the world that you guys participated in and won funding. But largely, I think you guys are mainly bootstrapped. So could you talk about fundraising and its role in your journey as a founder? I think for any startups, when you're running your business, cash is king. You want to have money. You want to have your runway. You want to have the assurance that your business can continue operations, make the payrolls. A lot of times people, entrepreneurs and founders, they say, I only have a three months, six months, 12 months, 18 months runway. And that's what exactly what it means. It means money. And because you don't have a product to start out with, you're really doing a lot of R&D and then building the product up. So in uh, the company, although it founded in early, late 2015, early 2016, it really didn't kick off in meaning that we have a group of, group of people together start building the product until late 2017. So we launched our first platform in the first quarter of 2018. That's when we started to doing a lot of pitch competitions, showing off our product. And as you mentioned, we won some prizes, um, which is really helpful because uh, different from institutional fundraising, these awards and prizes, some of them are 50,000 here, 100,000 there, they're equity free, meaning that you really take it and then you can put it to good use without getting investors on board and then make, affecting your decision-making. With that said, these are sm like smaller amount of financial injection, capital injection, where when compared to a official round, like a seed round, pre-A round or A round, where you're looking at maybe in the plus minus millions of dollars, it's different. But we tried that. And I can be honest and no shame mm -hmm. that we did not succeed in completing a round. Mm -hmm. I think when we do a debrief and really looking back and what happens is that our business is so niche. And when we look at the total addressable market, same serviceable market, yep. we're really looking at maybe at most, maybe a hundred million dollar market right there. And Assuming Aerospec is doing wonderfully, almost becoming like a monopoly, acquiring just say 30% of the market, you're probably looking at a 30 or $50 million company, which to early investor, venture investors, they really are looking for the next unicorn, billion dollar company, billion dollar business. Initially, I was pretty offended and I was like dis discouraged in terms of they don't understand the business, this is promising. We're, we have clients, we have customers, we have product. But if I put it in their shoes, if I'm putting down a half a million, million dollars in a company at a really early stage with 90, 95% of chance of failure, yeah, if I'm going to make a bet, I want to make sure I make a huge bet. If I lose it, that's fine. So I understood. And, and then we just were able to continue to operate and run without raising institutional funding and create a board of directors where we we actually have to report to so looking back i think it's a fortunate uh 
event where we did not raise money so that we are able to have complete control of the company and where we want to go. So it, I think it's a double-edged sword. Mm -hmm. If you need the capital to just kick off and then build your product, definitely go at it. But the flip side of it is that you will have people that you will have to report to, board of directors. They may be super supportive of you or they may affect your decision-making in terms of where to drive your company to because now they have vested interest in the company. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say that it really depends on where like a founder is or a startup is at the stage and then if they desperately need the money. But my, if it's to me, I will say put off fundraising, taking money in as long as the company can. What's the pros and the cons of winning a, a pitch competition? I can think tons of pros, but I really can't think of any cons. Yeah. Uh, just because just because there's no control that they over have the company and mm -hmm. they want to see the startup succeed. And I think the pros are obviously first, you get the cash, you get a capital injection, whether it's small or large. Two is you build up your network of supporters that now they become your advocates. They want to see you support. And three is you basically got some free marketing. You get exposure, you get visibility. So in doing business, then you can say, hey, we want this, we want that. And we have a bunch of people backing us. How has your role as founder and CEO changed over the years, if at all, from first launching this to now? I think initially my role is probably like a product manager, meaning that I have the vision in terms of how the product needs to look like, how it needs to needs to mm, operate. And then as we launch the product and continue to receive clients feedback on how to improve, then we have the team just to fine tuning it. And then my kind of role shifted to really focusing on expanding the business, meaning that work as a as a chief revenue officer meaning that bringing bringing accounts bringing clients traveling to different conferences and trade shows and it can be exhausting but that's part of that's part of the show you have to be wherever the mm -hmm. company needs you the most and we are a very agile and small team so that it's not that we're going to have a chief product officer chief like a BD officer or whatever. We don't have that. It's just that you had to wear multiple hats whenever it's needed. Mm -hmm. I wanted to talk a little bit about leadership. Could you define your leadership style? I don't know how to define my leadership style. I would say that in general, what I believe mm -hmm. is you, uh, you, your action resonates with the entire team and entire company, regardless mm -hmm. of how small are a bit uh, large you are. I, I think probably the, the smaller the company, then your action is even more visible or more strongly felt mm -hmm. by the people working around you. And if you think about it, Aerospec is a startup with less than 10 people. In a way, Tesla is also uh, a young company, although they're public and they have hundreds of thousands of companies, but their, their leader, which is Elon Musk, has a very, I would say, unique and strong personality that shows the leadership and that kind of attracted a lot of 
people who believe in his visions to join them, even though we know mm -hmm. that the working under him is not the most enjoyable thing in the industry. Mm -hmm. so same thing here. I think the leadership is you need to make sure that your message and your belief in your vision of what the company is and will be is very well translated and communicated to the team that you work with. And I don't believe, I don't believe in forcing people to do things as in, because I am their boss, then I can say, you need to come at X amount of time, finish X number of tasks that you can do that because you're paying them, they're on your payroll. But I think the product productivity from them probably lower than mm -hmm. if you're able to motivate within making them like mm -hmm. feel they're part of the company, they own mm -hmm. part of the product. So mm -hmm. everyone in our company actually has ownership of the company. So if the company does well, you win. And if you don't do that, it's, it's not going to bring great results to the people. So that kind of motivation, that kind of leadership style is something that I strive towards. I think your point around having ownership and giving the team autonomy and the room for creativity is so essential to doing good work, really. And I love the fact that you mentioned that your team has equity because I've read about different management models and compensation models where the best teams really do have financial upside when the company is doing well. You know, those are the best and highest performing teams. Many studies have mm -hmm. been done to prove that point. I think that's a good thing that you guys have going on. What is the culture like at Aerospec? If you could describe the culture and how do you foster culture? And I know it's a weird time to foster culture given COVID and all, but maybe we can touch mm -hmm. on that too. I think COVID is like, gave us a, a shot in the arm, meaning that, hey, it's like virtual working is real now, whether you like it or not. Before people, companies actually recruit with with virtual working, meaning the work from home as a perk, but now mm -hmm. this is it, this is what it is. Mm -hmm. So in terms of culture-wise, I, I always tell my guys when we have meetings, like, when you have something in your mind, please say it out loud. I like to hear disagreements. I like to have people with critical thinking to share their thoughts. If everybody agree with me, I, I think that's a problem. I think we're not moving forward. So that's continued to be something that we offer. And we have Zoom call, we have Zoom conference calls, meeting calls. But whenever there's a need, I say that anyone can request meeting or communicate and and, and continue to do that. In terms of culture, I think the culture is, if there's something to define it, it's just, you already said it, it's to offer maximum flexibility to let creativity flow where uh, we have set of goals that we want to meet and everybody see that set of goals. And I really trying to push through communication and transparency. What, how I do that is I have calls with the team saying, hey, look, this is our PL. This is all the accounts that we're working with. This is how what money in, this money out. This is where we're standing, and this is our runway. So mm -hmm. they are not in the shadow. They're not just taking the paycheck month to month. It's actually their thinking and understanding as a business owner in terms of business decision making. And if 
my guys as I bring them board are A type players, A plus A type A players, then they will have a sense of uh, urgency yeah. and take ownership of things mm -hmm. without me kind of pushing and letting them say, hey, you need to do this and that. Transparency is so key, especially with financials, especially with where's the customer pipeline at? How are we closing deals? Connecting each individual's actions to business outcomes is so important and it drives that urgency, right? I'm sure your team wakes up every day knowing that they've got work to do, right? It's their livelihoods on the line and they're a part of the solution though, and they have the power to be a part of it. I think we end it there. I, I always give my guests a chance, provide any kind of lasting thoughts that are in your head. Otherwise, where can people find you or Aerospec? We use social media as well. We're on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. We will probably leverage LinkedIn the most just because most of our target audience, they are on LinkedIn. So Aerospec's company page, we continue to post on updates some of the highlights in our business. I think that's the best way to, to follow us if they're interested. Awesome. Thanks so much, Lance. I am personally excited for everything you guys have going on at Aerospec. I'm rooting for you guys from the sidelines. Can't wait to see where you guys go. All righty. Well, thanks. Appreciate the, appreciate the time and joining you on the podcast, Dan. Best of luck on everything. <laughs>